Have you ever looked at another organization and wondered how they are having such great success and would love to know their secret sauce? I mean, you think to yourself, we're doing everything right over here and we aren't seeing the growth. You know, or maybe you know that leader that no matter where they go, regardless of industry or challenge, they always find a way to improve and grow the organizations that they're leading, and you just can't put your finger on how they're doing it. Today on the Champion Forum podcast, we discuss strategies on developing a growth culture. This is the Champion Forum podcast with Jeff Hancher, the forum for leaders, champions, and dreamers. Welcome back to the Champion Forum podcast, everyone. I am your host, Lem Woodson. And once again, let me say I am delighted to be with you all and appreciate you all investing time to make our show a part of your leadership development journey. I'm excited to see that many of you are sending in your questions for Jeff to answer on this show. Let me say, keep them coming. And Jeff, we had a question come in from John P. that we're going to go over today. John P. has sent in a question and he says, Jeff, I've been running my own business for nearly 10 years. We have worked hard to develop great processes as well as hire and train great people. I feel like we're doing a lot of things right, but we're not seeing the desired growth for the amount of effort that we're putting in. What advice do you have that would help us to turn the corner? Jeff, it sounds like Jim's a bit perplexed, but Jim, thank yep. you for sending in this question. And Jeff, what advice do you have that may help him in his pursuit? This is a great question. And um, thanks for the introduction, Lem. This, uh, first off, Jim, thanks for submitting the question. Love getting questions from listeners. This makes the show more organic. It really helps me get the content right where you, the listener, are. I love in-the-moment type responses. Uh the whole heart behind this show is to help leaders reach their fullest potential. So as you bring these questions in, you have my fullest commitment that uh, as many as time allows, we will either make full episodes of them uh, or we will uh, answer them at the beginning of shows, but we'll get to as many as we can. And possibly I'll even set up uh, a 20, 30 minute call with you personally uh, that maybe we can get on a, a free consultation that I could just talk through where you're at on your leadership journey because that that is the heart of everything that we're doing here. But Jim, once again, thanks for the question. And and listen, quite frankly, Jim is not alone. Uh, many of the businesses that I work with, they're faced with this same type of challenge. You know, this is, this is a real challenge. Uh, and it's very frustrating. Because here you are, whether you're an entrepreneur, you're in, in big corporate business, it, it really doesn't matter. Nobody sets out to fail. And, and here we are, doing all the right things and we are getting the right people and we're getting the right processes we're benchmarking other places everybody else seems to be getting an advantage getting ahead and here we are kind of spinning our wheels doing the right thing you know sometimes it's not really are you doing the right thing or the wrong thing sometimes it's making these soft changes because a lot of times we can get really good at the fundamentals which by the way are critical to success but sometimes we lose sight of these soft strategies that can really help catapult us and propel us. And, and look, in Jim's specific example, 
there could be numerous factors that could be areas of opportunity for growth. Uh, you, you could be looking at sales efforts, leadership styles, hiring practices, budgeting, expense controls, and the list is endless on what could be holding Jim back. And without knowing Jim's specific dynamic, uh, what I think I'm going to do today is, is give some advice that I, I haven't really talked a whole lot about on the show that may help, or at a minimum, it's going to provoke some thought. So I've talked, to, I've talked a lot on the show about strategies and you know very specific leadership type things. Today, I want to take a little bit of a different twist on this, and I'd like to present some unconventional ways of thinking that will assist you in creating a growth culture. And the first one that I would tell you uh, is extremely important is allowing for and embracing failure. And you might be saying, uh, well, Jeff, we already do that. Uh, we already allow for failure. You know, we promote that. I know what your posters say, and I know your posters say that you're doing that, but is that what is actually happening? Is that what's really happening? Nobody's going to argue with the fact that this is a good idea, but getting it from a good idea and a, a marketing poster and getting it to action isn't always an easy thing to do. Um, a company's value statements, th they may encourage employees to fail, and it may even encourage employees to learn from errors. And that works great until there's an actual failure. And then, you know, sometimes failures lead to genuinely big losses, uh, whether that's financial losses, uh, losing assets, losing people, peak performers, whatever it might be. Uh, we can have the best value statements in the world and we could go into the meeting and say we promote this, but when it happens, that's where the rubber meets the road. What are you doing when the failure happens? Because most times what I see uh, in organizations is the, the phone call soon follows after the big failure. Uh, who authorized this? Big failures are unacceptable within most organizations. And those who often are the ones at the end of failure, they are the ones that suffer in some way, shape, or form. <clears throat> May it be um, they get a stain on their name for further promotion. Uh, it comes out in their annual performance review. It comes out by way of not getting the pay increase that maybe they should have, and this thing's kind of held over their head. So <clears throat> oftentimes there is some type of retribution. We want to think as, uh, as leaders and as thought leaders, that this is okay. And that's why we put it on the poster, because when all hell's not breaking loose, we can all agree this is a good concept. But I really want to challenge you to think about how are we reacting when the actual failure happens. This is something you must truly promote and have an acceptance of failure within your company. And this would include not holding people back from these types of uh, benefits, promotions, uh, pay raises, whatever it might be due to the failure that maybe they had. And as painful as failure can be, we have got to understand that strategic leaders cannot learn only from success. They need to recognize the types of failures that turn into successes. And they also need to learn how to manage the tensions associated with this level of uncertainty. There will be tension with uncertainty. But this helps teach these types of thought leaders how to recover from failure to try new ventures again. If this is not happening in your organization, you will be the organization that says, this is how we've always done it. 
you know, because you're not pushing the envelope enough. And don't you don't have to look any further in history to some brand names that have probably been in your home to see where uh, great things can be born out of mistakes and failures. Look no further than Post-it notes, uh, Silly Putty, The Slinky, Teflon, Cornflakes, Penicillin, Safety Glass. These are all examples of great things that were born out of mistakes. You know, penicillin was really designed because we have this scientist that left out the Petri dish too long and it grew some form of something on it and he puts it under a, a microscope and was like, whoa, we might be onto something. You know, what might have looked like was a failed project or a botched mission ended up being something that would go on to save a lot of lives. You know, I, I think of the story of safety glass. You know, here's this chemist who had a glass beaker fall from a table, and although it shattered, it didn't break up into thousands of pieces all over the floor. And he looked at it, with, you know, scratching his head, and asks his assistant, what was in the beaker? And his assistant goes on to tell him what was in it. And he got thinking, wow, that was pretty amazing. I've never seen glass react that way. I've just seen it shatter. Think about how many scars this mistake has saved in auto accidents. So I want to, I tell you these stories to encourage you that what's the next big thing in your business? What's the next big innovation that is going to come by way of a mistake or a setback? What is that? If you're serious about growth, you need to assess your tolerance for failure. We can't talk about it. We got to be about it. And it will start at the top levels of an organization. How are you embracing people that fail? How, how are you really, truly embracing that? The second thing is providing strategic leaders in your organization access to other areas. This is a big one, and it's often missed. And, and I'll tell you why it's often missed is because we can't afford to move people around because it kills productivity. You know, I can't take uh, Joe out of the kitchen and put him out in the front of the house because Joe's such a great cook, and I can't afford to take him from back there cooking out to the front of the house to see how it's done out there and what the, what the customer experience is like, because who's going to cook all the food? Uh, but I will tell you, there is something dynamic that happens when we do this. And so we got to be thinking of our strategic leaders in our organization. These are the people that are the difference makers. These are the people that are consistently pushing the envelope. And how are we going to give them access to other areas of our business? We have to give these strategic leaders the opportunity to work with their peers across our organization. Otherwise, they remain hidden from one another and they may feel isolated they might feel alone. These type of thinkers are that way. They become somewhat discontent. And by doing this, you will raise the strategic value of what they do. Because where they are right now, and you're seeing all of this success, it, yes, it's because they're a good cook, but that's not it alone. That's what they do. But the real secret sauce is in who they are. And no matter where you put this kind of person, they're going to thrive. They're going to be somebody that finds improvement, that finds better ways of doing things. And the first step to find these strategic leaders, if you're like, Jeff, I don't have anybody like that in my organization. I don't know who that is. If you have them in your organization, you don't have to think hard. You know exactly who I'm talking about. But 
the other thing to know is strategic leaders may not be fully aware themselves that they are distinctive. They don't even see it. They're, they're not looking for recognition. They're not looking for the trophy, none of this. But here's how you know. Oftentimes with these types of people, others tend to go out of their way to recognize their unique skills. You'll hear phrases like, uh, she just gets it, man. She just gets it back there. Or he always knows the right questions to ask. They're saying these kind of things to describe these strategic thought leaders. So a good way to learn about this is to ask around your organization, who are the people who really seem to understand what the organization needs and how to help us get there? Just as a leader, ask people these questions. Like, who do we need? Who is that person? It'll be amazing to you when you find out. You'll start getting consistency in who's providing those names. Because these kind of people, these are the people, you've heard the saying, the cream rises to the top. It's absolutely true. These are those people. And I'm not talking about just the ones that are, are ready to be promoted and uh, you know they want more out of their career. I'm not saying that. I'm saying the people that think a little bit different, they're differentiators, they push the envelope, they're innovative, they think differently, their style is differently, uh, differently done. These may be people who aren't traditionally popular. Their ability to question, challenge, and disrupt the status quo, though, these are the kind of people that can unsettle others, and particularly in their peer group, to get things done, to try new ways, and typically to try new ways that often work. Or when they don't, they have an ability to recover fast and adjust. Once you've identified, identified this, this person or these people, bring these people together. Invite them to learn from one another and, and to explore ways of fostering a more strategic environment in the rest of the organization. In big, big companies, we call this research and development. You know, that's not their day job. Sometimes it is. Sometimes we have full-time R&D. Quite frankly, I'm not a big fan of that. I like pulling people from the field and from departments and so forth and creating these think tanks, man. The, these are powerful, powerful things that you can do. And I realize this is a lot easier to do in, in big business. You have more of a pool uh, to draw these people from. However, even in the small business, you can at least foster an environment where employees are becoming more aware of other departments and what's going on within the organization. Often people get this predisposed uh, idea to a certain way of, of thinking because, you know, after all, uh, this, this is how we've always done things in this department. Getting fresh eyes on something is a great way to foster growth and progress. Clearly, these are only a few of many principles that can assist in your pursuit. However, I do want to encourage you to engage in these couple of areas and be very intentional about them. What you're likely going to find is that they will give you and your team the skill and influence to pave the way for others to follow, both internally and externally. Healthy disruptions and new ways of thinking are essential to your company's success, growth, and perhaps, even in the day we're living in, it may come down to your survival. Thanks again, Jim. I really, really appreciate you bringing this question to us. I hope it answered that same question that other people had that maybe didn't ask, uh, and I hope the feedback added value uh, to your pursuit, Jim. Absolutely. And listen, if you're serious about developing a growth culture, I want to challenge you to do something. I want to I want to challenge you to pursue these two nuggets that Jeff shared today. Number one, 
allow for and embrace failure. That's the first one. You have to do that. And second, provide strategic leaders access to other areas. Maybe you have a question. Maybe you have a question that you would like Jeff to answer on this show. If so, we would love to hear from you. Be sure you email us at Jeff Hancher at the Champion Forum. As you see, we are taking these questions and we are answering them right here on the show. So be a part of it. And thank you. Thank you all so much for tuning in today. We hope this has helped you and we hope that you have been able to take from this and you're going to be able to apply it and use it. We commit to staying on the relentless pursuit to helping you lead, inspire, and win. So from myself, Jeff, and the rest of the Champion Forum family, never forget that you have been set up to be a champion in this life. The Champion Forum Podcast with Jeff Hancher. Lead. Inspire. Win.